Hello, and welcome to the Cannabis History Podcast. I'm your host, Kylie Nicolaisen, and in this special episode, I'll be speaking with a finalist of the 2020 Governor General's History Award for Excellence in Community Programming. This award aims to inspire small or volunteer-led community organizations in the creation of innovative programming that commemorates unique aspects of our heritage, encouraging both public engagement in Canadian history and unique community partnerships. These projects never fail to leave a lasting community impact. Today, I'll be speaking with Ananya Ori and Elizabeth Medeño, who were key figures in making their project, the Homemade Visible Project, possible. So thank you very much for both of you for joining me today, Ananya and Elizabeth. Um, could you begin by maybe just introducing yourselves and your roles with the Homemade Visible Project? And after that, it would be really great if you could just start by talking a little bit about the project and all of the communities involved. Um, my name is, El- is Elizabeth Medeño. I'm an artist and community organizer based in Toronto. I was special projects manager for Homemade Visible. Hi, my name is Ananya Ori. I was the artistic director for Homemade Visible. I had the pleasure of um, starting that project uh, at the Regent Park Film Festival where I was the executive director. And then um, and then basically supporting Elizabeth as she carried out that project over three years. There are two parts to Homemade Visible. The first is um, we asked Indigenous and racialized communities across Canada, um, if they had old home movies sitting around that they would like to get digitized. In return, we asked if the families would like to donate at least five minutes of the copy of their digitized footage to the archives. That way we could preserve home movies for the families themselves and put them in the media archives, um, preserving them as uh, Canadian history. And at the end of three years, we had about 300 videos digitized. And the second part, Elizabeth will tell you about that. So we also commissioned uh, seven projects, that's six short films and one installation. Um, We had artists that were Indigenous and racialized create these projects that sort of responded to the concept of archives and reflected on it, and and also in some instances reclaimed it. Um, We know that uh, archives can have a sort of or have been historically violent with um, some communities. Um, so we had them, so they uh, shaped stories around archives uh, using their own personal home movies or stories that were um, part of their, the communities they belonged to. Um, we then, in our final year of the project, were able to take these short films and installations through library systems across Canada um, and to showcase these works and to sort of generate conversations in, in their communities and other um, communities across Canada. Uh, as part of that tour, we also had workshops because we also wanted people to feel like even if you didn't have home movies like or have sort of more traditional documentation, you could still engage with the idea of preserving your own personal narratives and that, that does have value for your communities and for yourself. Um, so we'd have different, different workshops uh, ran by local artists. Um, and yeah, they varied. And some of them were like uh, collage making, oral storytelling, um, just different ways to, to approach preserving your own stories. So there were, there were really two major things that Homemade Visible uh, was looking to achieve. The first is preserving home movies from uh, BIPOC, for BIPOC families in Canada. And the second uh, is to kind of 
get people excited and engaged with their own personal archiving um, so they could preserve their own histories. Yeah, I think just speaking about that reflection and reclamation, um, these important conversations are being had both on that personal and community level, which I think is very fascinating. Um, how did the original idea for this project come about or the inspiration for it? The idea for Homemade Visible kind of um, had been percolating over many years for me, um, but it really kind of hit me at the back of the head uh, at a documentary screening uh, of Ali Kazmi's film, Random Acts of Legacy. In this in this film, uh, I mean, so Ali has found this old um, home movie footage from the mid 20th century of an Asian American family. And what he does is that he finds uh, the members of the family alive um, uh, today and they describe what's happening in the home movie. Uh, that's, you know, that's essentially what happens in the documentary. And you see uh, this family kind of like having great birthdays, laughing, going to the beach, going on vacation. You know, it's just like kids are playing over here and the adults are drinking tea over there. In some ways, it feels really mundane. But in other ways, it kind of blew my mind because I was watching a racialized family having fun. I mean, it was as simple as that. Um, and, the, and, and why that was so mind blowing is that generally when you see depictions of um, racialized people back in the day, like historically, um, we, we, we hear, we, we see and we hear difficult, we, we encounter difficult stories. Um, and, you know, we fought hard to tell these stories. So it's not like those stories shouldn't be told. But what, what I, what I think uh, I was getting at is that we also need to see and hear what's joyful. Um, and that kind of ends up making our representations more whole. Um, at that um, at that screening, Ali had mentioned that the Canadian media archives are lacking in uh, documentation of home movies uh, by uh, of BIPOC families, and uh, so this idea of like joy and preserving home movies kind of came together. Also, in my experience working at the Regent Park Film Festival, I mean, I'd been working there for five years uh, when I proposed Homemade Visible. And I remember the first year of me being there. So the Regent Park Film Festival, I should say, ex I should explain, is uh, Toronto's longest running free community film festival. And I had just started working there. We were having our annual film festival and um, everybody had gone into the theater, but then these group of young men came out and were hanging out and having a great time in the foyer. And I went and asked them, you know, why they weren't going in to watch the movie. And they were, they just simply were like, look, it's a documentary. Like, you know, we don't, we're not really, we're not, we're not in the mood to see another like social issue film. Uh, you know, whenever, whenever you have a film up, that's like fun for them to watch that they would go do that. Um, and that experience really like stayed with me in terms of like how important it is um, that when you're serving a BIPOC community that, you know, you have films that matter in terms of like reflect the issues that, that were, uh, that are relevant to us. And also that there are opportunities for joy and laughter. Um, so uh, home movies are a place where people are documenting events of their life uh, that are often very joyful. And, and maybe one way to encourage more joyful stories is to kind of look to our past and like um, 
and, and these images that already exist to inspire more stories. So these kind of two things came together, like the importance of preserving like family history and the importance of like preserving documents of joy. Um, those two things kind of came together to shape the heart of Homemade Visible. And it so happened that the Canada Council for the Arts had just launched this like major um, grant uh, that you could apply to um, and you could dream big. So, um, you know, it was just at the right moment that I had an idea and there was an opportunity for funding and here we are. Yeah, I think getting at this intersection of that family history and that bigger picture history and these seemingly simple stories that really capture these special moments. I think there's a lot to be said about that. So how does Homemade Visible really recognize important voices in history? I think the focus of Homemade Visible um, doesn't necessarily focus on like a historical figure or anything like that, but does honor the sort of, it honors communities, BIPOC communities particularly, and those specific families and that their importance, I mean, their stories and the images of their lives have importance and, and can have weight in, in media. Um, one big part of the project was also allowing these families to regain access to their stories. So for a lot of people, these like videos and, and tapes and films have been sitting in boxes and they didn't no longer had the, the playable media uh, to be able to access them. Um, so yeah, we, we, a huge sort of accomplishment, I think, of, of the project was bringing these stories back to their families. And it's weird because even, I don't know, even me as like the project organizer, I felt so, so moved by these images of people I just like just hardly knew. But like seeing a family from the 60s at Caravana in Montreal is like so surreal to me. Um, so I think the idea is that these stories also kind of change the narratives or like common perceptions of Black, Indigenous, and POC communities. And I think this this intimate lens that has been um, made possible by looking at these home videos and being able to see all of these components, I think, um, what do you really hope the lasting impact of this project will be in terms of that, and both broadly speaking and specifically to the communities involved? As Elizabeth said, I think you know, a project like Homemade Visible um, has meant a lot to the specific families whose memories have been preserved. And at the same time, um, one of our goals is to encourage people to look into uh, and honor um, their own histories. I think it's very easy, you know, when you look at this idea of like, what's of historic importance um, to really undermine or not realize that your own story is like individual stories come together to make a community history and to uh, not let that go. Um, it takes a lot of emotional labor to look at your own history um, and that it's really important. And the, and the project wanted to support people in that process of finding those documents and preserving them and to be honest we've just scratched the surface you know when we started we we were told and it makes sense that you know we may not find anything there may not be people there may not be families that were 
able to have the technology to document, like to make home movies, for example. But what we found is that actually there's lots out there. There's so much to preserve. And, and um, while 300, you know, being able to preserve 300 home movies is an accomplishment, there is so much out there. Um, so one of the lasting, like, uh, impacts of the project is to kind of overturn that assumption that there may not be anything out there. In fact, there's so much out there. And I hope that, you know, uh, another project or an institution with ongoing resources is able to take that up because all of those uh, videotapes uh, and reels are going to disintegrate with time. Um, so if anything, like Homemade Visible has really um, highlighted the urgency with which um, more uh, home movies need to be digitized. <laughs>